Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Real estate is a team sport. So take action, go to events like Best Ever, find your group, find your tribe, and put the effort in. There's no reason you shouldn't be successful. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Slocum Reed, and I'm here with Jack Krupe. Jack is joining us from San Juan, Puerto Rico. He is the founder and principal at JK Asset Management, a firm focused on sharing private investment opportunities with accredited investors to help them grow their wealth without Wall Street. They have placed capital with a significant number of high-level operators. Jack prefers to be humble about the unit count, but it is in the tens of thousands with regards to the places where they've placed their capital. Jack, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Sure. Thanks for having me. It's really great to be on the show. I got my start in real estate. It's been over 20 years at this point. And I started shortly after college, just doing a single family, small multifamily rentals and realized the scalability concerns very quickly. I built up about 20 units and created myself a stressful second job. And then fortunately in 2008, I landed at a private equity fund in New York. During the financial crisis, they were buying up portfolios of bad mortgages and they needed real estate people. 
people that had done short sales had bought at the foreclosure steps had done fix and flip. And uh, they needed us because there was a bunch of bankers buying loans that they didn't really know what to do with. So had a 10 year plus career in private equity in New York City and bought over $3 billion of mortgages with a large private equity fund. And during that time, I was living in New York. I was paying a 50% tax rate with a high cost of living and eventually just kind of burnt out. And I was fortunate to start investing in syndications just as a passive investor while I was in New York because I needed something other than mortgages to invest in because I wasn't allowed to and really fell in love with the syndication space. I moved to Puerto Rico in 2018 and then eventually got bought out of that prior firm. So I had a pretty decent liquidity event and had a lot of my own capital to invest, which I started investing into syndications. And eventually I really just built the business JK Asset Management and jkminvestments.com around my own personal investing into multifamily, storage, mobile homes, and really all of the traditional syndication classes. And it's been a great run the last couple of years, and it really is the perfect business for me. That's awesome. It seems like a lot of natural transitions in your life have led to where you are now. Absolutely. We are recording at the very end of January, 2023, an interesting time to be in commercial real estate investing to say the least. I've said this on other episodes, but there are a lot of high profile investors with some high profile opinions about what's going to happen in 2023. I'd like for that to be part of the direction we head in, Jack. Let's do that now. I'm not going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball and make bold predictions for what's going to come down the pike. What I would like to ask though, we were talking a little bit before the recording and you and I met actually at the Best Ever Conference in 2022. I got to know you a little bit there as well. You're in a position where a lot of operators and general partners are putting deals in front of you and your firm. And a lot of investors are coming to you looking to place capital. Recently, have you experienced a shift in the deals that are reaching your inbox and the investors who are looking to place capital? Absolutely. There's definitely been a shift over the last few months and really depends on the market, but cap rates have expanded, at least the deals we've participated in. We actually have a deal currently that has a 7.5 entry cap, which is unheard of. And there are some deals even in markets like Phoenix, where the cap rates are creeping into the fives. And I think overall, there was a point in 2021 where a lot of deals, just the offering memos and the standard terms just had almost no cash flow in the first year on a value-add deal. That was becoming somewhat normal. And lately, just by using lower leverage, fixed rate debt, entering deals where the initial interest rate is not higher than the cap rate, we are starting to see some deals with current cash flow. And on the investor side, investors are limited partners and our passive investors are definitely concerned. A lot of people see the headlines on CNBC or reading whatever their internet site of choice is. And a lot of investors actually conflate what's happening in the single family market with the apartment market. And while you know, interest, exactly. So interest rates going up is certainly a challenge in the multifamily side. But as someone who lived through the 2008 crisis and worked on Wall Street during the crisis, I do not see any sort of residential housing crisis, nothing like 2008. And the big reason is there's not going to be the supply. And that's going to be a stabilizing factor in the multifamily space. Single family houses may drop 5 10% in some markets that were crazy bubble markets post-COVID. But overall, 40% of the population does not have a mortgage. 
30% locked below 4% interest rate. So there's just not going to be this fire sale of residential houses because most people could afford to just wait out the interest rates and just choose not to sell. So that overall is very bullish for multifamily, especially in that class B value add space that a lot of people play in where that tenant base is just going to be priced out of buying a home for potentially a number of years. So that, so overall, I think the overall factors are, are still very bullish short term. Those that bought with very low cap rates a year ago, right before rates moved, are going to have to do a lot of value add to sort of work their way out of the deals. But if inflation persists and, and rates do come down in, in the coming years, hopefully a majority of those that bought even in mid-2021 are going to be able to execute their value-add plan and still have a profitable deal. Those that messed up on their entry comp and aren't able to fully execute their value-add plan and increase rents and increase NOI, those are the people that may be in trouble in a year or two if they have bridge loans and that debt comes due. Are there certain markets now... Now that you're talking about seeing, you said a seven and a half entry cap rate, are there certain markets where you are seeing deals have gotten significantly juicier in the last few months? Yeah, I think the secondary and more tertiary markets, those cap rates were always a bit higher to begin with. So those have expanded. And then the really, really juicy markets, things like the most competitive of the markets, the Phoenix, the Dallas, Las Vegas. We've seen some expansion, but that seven and a half cap was in Fayetteville, North Carolina, not in one of the top five or 10 MSAs. We're also starting to see a little bit of a shift away from the heavy value add just by nature of looking to enter with fixed rate debt. It somewhat lends itself to a slightly more stabilized deal. We're also seeing some assumptions. Those that locked in really good debt terms are able to market those properties and get a little bit tighter of a cap rate because they have... 3% fixed rate debt for a period of years. So that lends itself to a little bit more of a stabilized deal because you're not using a bridge loan that you could build in the construction and rehab. You've you've got to raise the additional capital for any renovation. So it's leading itself a little bit more to stabilized deals with lower loan to value and and current cash flow. And cash flow is very important right now, both to us and, and our investors. Deals that have a current cash on cash return that's solid is a big, big plus. Uh, I think investors are looking for a little bit more certainty and a little more safety given some of the other uncertainties in the market. Buying more stable properties in an unstable time makes a lot of sense, all things considered. It's a fairly amalgamous term, risk-adjusted returns. I'm wondering, looking forward, Jack, how are you adjusting the way that you look at risk in a deal. I think you've already started to answer this question when you said that you're not as interested in deep value add because deeper value add often requires bridge debt or shorter term debt, looking at a refi at some point during the hold period. What doesn't feel risky to you right now? And what feels risky that didn't two years ago? Two years ago, a Phoenix value add with a sub 4% cap rate did not seem that risky if the rents had three to $500 of room to increase. Six months ago, and really now, a cap rate that's below what the current interest rate is or significantly below, even if there's a ton of room in the rents, gives me a bit more pause. And just deals that don't have any current cash flow for a period of time, that gives me some risk. For example, if we're going to have no cash flow, I'd almost rather be in a new construction deal where if you're building to say a six and a half cap, 
because you know you're at least building to a certain price and that price should ideally be a significant amount below market. So there comes a point where if we're not going to have cash flow for 12 or 18 months, do we want to be buying something that is building below current market value or do we want to be investing in a value add deal where assuming it's very much below replacement cost if it's a heavy value add, but at the same time without cash flow, at some point it's like, would you rather just be building? So those are things we balance and we're across the portfolio trying to balance being in the prime markets where I think long-term we're going to have significant rent growth and balancing that with some secondary and tertiary markets where we're going in with solid cash flow and we don't expect rents to double by any means, at least organically, unless we're doing crazy renovations on them, but where we have a slow and steady cash flow to balance out any adjustments that might happen in markets that are a little bit more boom bust. But even as I say boom bust, Vegas and Phoenix were the boom bust markets of the last cycle, but I don't necessarily think they're the boom bust markets of the future cycle. There's population growth and job growth. And surprisingly to me, the amount of casino oriented jobs in Vegas is a much lower percent. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it's well below 40% of the jobs in Las Vegas are tied to the casino industry at this point in the hospitality. So it's becoming a real city with real diverse infrastructure at this point. We'll get back to the show with a first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez. 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets. We'll be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. Jack, you talked about... If you have to go without cash flow for a while, you may as well be in a construction deal. Are you all placing capital in construction deals right now? Selectively. We're in a few different construction deals. We like deals that have a bit of a story to them, but are also repeatable. So we're in a ground up senior living deal, which we got into right in the middle of COVID. My first thought is, do we want to be involved in senior living during COVID? But in fact, the newer construction senior living is actually safer because they're building with the the proper negative pressure HVAC systems so that any of the germs or anything is basically segmented so it doesn't spread between the different rooms. It was the type of facility being built. They built five other ones with almost the same exact floor plan. It was almost like building a franchise or build a Holiday Inn Express that looks almost the same and they build them across the Midwest. So to us, a very safe construction deal. We're taking a look at the build the rent space and I'd be specifically interested in those types of deals that have a takeout already. And the ground up rental apartments, uh, if the comps make sense and there's a housing shortage and you know you're building to a certain cap rate that's well above where it should sell in the current market, those deals get very compelling. Um, Certainly, we don't really look at anything that's not shovel ready, just because it's just not the type of capital that we're generally uh, raising at this point. But there's still a systemic housing shortage that hasn't recovered since 2008. And I think there are likely to be 
some compelling deals when the deals that pencil will be very compelling. Those that don't do construction costs or high interest rates may continue to have challenges getting funded. Jack, an underlying theme in what I'm hearing you say right now, this is a gross oversimplification. Please don't judge me for it. But the underlying theme that I'm hearing is right now, because the market is more turbulent, we are being more conservative. I asked about the 7.5% cap rate. You said Fayetteville, North Carolina. I asked about construction. You said you're being selective and working with solid operators. I think the general question here that I really want to ask is when you can get in front of as many deals as you do, Jack, and you're focused on placing capital more conservatively and looking for greater stability in tumultuous times, where are the juicy returns right now? Where is it that you're seeing returns that get investors excited at a time where everyone wants to be more and more conservative and safe? That Fayetteville deal I mentioned, I think none of it's rocket science. It was an off-market deal. It was a grandfather had built a portfolio and it was sourced off-market. The family was selling and those deals are still out there. And the reason that we're not an operator ourselves competing is because I know you need to spend thousands of hours and look at hundreds of deals to find that one or two diamonds in the rough. So I think first things first is the good deals, the juicy deals have always been out there. And it's just a matter of to get those deals, you're either really pounding the pavement for off-market deals. You've already built a reputation. You're getting that first look or that last look from the brokerage community because even off-market deals often at least have an agent who has a pocket listing or the seller at least is talking to an agent. It's very, very rare for a hundred unit plus deal that you're going to negotiate exclusively with a seller. So the off-market multis that are the true value adds that were built in the 70s or 80s and not really renovated are still out there. It's just sometimes you need to go through hundreds of them. That ground up, we're in a ground up self-storage deal that was a local partner who came to a capital fund. So they've got a local construction guy who needed the funding and we syndicated the deal or they syndicated the deal and we participated. So it's really the niche opportunities. I don't know that there's that much secret sauce to it. It's just the hustle to find the deals and this combination of just good deal sourcing on the value add and then selectively diving into say ground up or even a triple net sale leaseback. We participated in a deal last year, a owner operator built a light industrial, a little bit of office space, but also some warehouse and storage space. And it was 60% full. They wanted to sell it so they could build something else because they have a higher margin building. So buying property with some lease up risk and they left a lot of meat on the bone and we invested in that deal within six months, it's fully leased. And just waiting for the right time to refi with the 10 year is stabilized a bit. And the 10 year hasn't moved nearly as much as the two years. So I'm trying to time it right to lock in some long-term debt. And that's going to be a great deal for us too. So I'm sorry, I don't really have this one secret sauce here, but it's really about the hustle. If, if there's a main point, it's just real estate 101 of hustling and finding those creative and off-market opportunities. In my head as a podcast host, I was trying to find a way to summarize what you just said, but Jack, I think you just did it for me. So thank you. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go for it. Awesome. What is the best ever book you recently read? I actually reread the four hour work week recently. It was something I read in 2008 and it was really somewhat life-changing at the time and actually just kind of hooked through it again. And a lot of it still stands up. It's funny. That was like the beginning of virtual assistance maybe for a lot of people. And now seeing how ubiquitous it is now, it was great to go back through it. 
Yeah, life-changing book for me as well, especially with virtual assistants. Half of everyone who works for me right now is virtual in either Mexico or the Philippines. What is your best ever way to give back? So I'm involved in a few different charities in Puerto Rico. A lot of us have moved to the island in the last three to five years. And uh, there's the Act 2022 Society, which actually donates to a number of different causes on the island. On a more practical level, I love to teach and mentor and work with investors at every level of real estate. I'm just a big proponent of that lifestyle that I've been chasing for 20 years and in some cases have taken detours more into the corporate world, but I really like to help people to take control of their life and their finances and find their own financial freedom. Jack, thus far in your commercial real estate investing career, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? Ah, let's see. I've certainly made plenty of mistakes. I think failure to commit to marketing early on, I cost myself a lot of time and a lot of opportunity cost. Probably about two, three years in, we were pounding the pavement, trying to find deals. Then I'd uh, eventually sent out these yellow postcards, we buy ugly houses. Well, not we buy ugly houses because that was trademarked, but the we buy houses postcards. And I was afraid to spend $700 on a mailing. And over the course of that $700, once we finally sent it out and we stamped them ourselves, we literally bought a roll of stamps and mailed them out. And we made over six figures on that mailing in the early 2000s, just buying properties wholesale and renovating and selling. So the lesson was that you have to commit to marketing. You know, in recent years, I was a little reticent to put myself out there on podcasts and do the social media. And even still, I'm not taking as many pictures at events as I probably should. So the results of spoken for themselves. I had a LinkedIn post go viral when I posted my tax return loss and with a headline that I booked a $1.4 million loss and couldn't be happier. And just the amount of feedback positive that I got from just putting myself out there was amazing. So the best ever lesson from it for sure is that you have to get yourself out there, whether it's direct to seller marketing for finding opportunities and, and fully committing to it. I'm in a mastermind where people are text messaging to residential property sellers and building the systems around it. You have to commit to the system, whether it's sourcing the off-market deals, whether it's putting out content to provide value to your target investor base, whatever it is, you could have the best product in the world, but if not enough people know about it, you're not going to be successful. And what is your best ever advice? It's you got to take action. I know a lot of people, including myself, at one point, I built myself some golden handcuffs. I had a very successful private equity fund I was a partner in, but I trapped myself in with the golden handcuffs for a few years. And you got to take action. There's a place in real estate investing and investing for everyone. If you're an extrovert and going to be out there shaking hands, kissing babies, talking to investors and sellers, that's great. If you're a spreadsheet person and never going to be a public speaker, that's perfectly fine as well. Every wild and crazy extroverted investor salesperson needs somebody to help with the back office. And that's so especially the case in this investment and syndication market that there's room for any number of personality types and it really is needed. It is Real estate is a team sport. So take action, go to events like Best Ever, find your group, find your tribe and put the effort in. There's no reason you shouldn't be successful. Last question, where can people get in touch with you? Our website is JKM Investments. That's J-K-A-M for JK Asset Management, jkaminvestments.com. And we're also on all the social media except TikTok, which we're still working on. I want to bust out my dance move for TikTok when we launch it, but we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. And we also have our podcast, alternativeinvestormastermind.com. Those links are in the show notes. Jack, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. 
If you've gained value from this conversation, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who you know we can add value to as well. Thank you and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.